1: Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband Give a good warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor, it's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear brothers and sisters. and want to welcome you. Rise up. Let's wake up the sun. Um, the Lord not only is risen from the dead, the Lord has ascended into heaven. We have just celebrated uh, the ascension Thursday of our Lord, and we await now the coming down of the Holy Spirit as the Lord Jesus ascends into heaven to meet with his uh, divine Father. He uh, brings along with him. All these faithful departed who believed in the promise of salvation, that at the time of his death and passion have risen, the holy saints, the gospel tells us, all these gospels of the resurrection, that all these saints rose and the tombs burst open, and now they have ascended into heaven. Today is a beautiful day to celebrate this uh, first time in the history of creation since the fall of Adam and Eve. The entire humanity who believed in the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ is walking into paradise look what a beautiful celebration the trumpet blast the holy archangels all the nine ranks of the angels and they are all praising the Lord and we pray with them in this holy Sunday morning together with Psalm 68 let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen you kingdoms of the earth sing to God praise the Lord who ascends above the highest heavens his majesty and might are I want to welcome all of you again to uh, this beautiful, good Sunday morning. And uh, today with us uh, for the second time, I have our beautiful and special guest, uh, uh, Jennifer Nolan, PhD president and co-founder of Catholic Polytechnique University, cognitive scientist and professor. And um, dear Jennifer, good, holy Sunday morning to you. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, by the grace of God. Thank you, Father Andre, for having me.
1: And great to have you again. Last week we have covered a little bit of um, the uh, your project, the beautiful project, Catholic Polytechnique University, and the need for faithful Catholicism and STEM degrees, which are in the science, technology, engineering, and math, um, or the um, overt rejoining of faith and science. I have something very special, specific question to ask you, and I'm not sure if the listeners are acquainted with uh, this topic it's about the eucharistic miracles i think it's a little bit of a very um, unique topic i'm not sure how many um, non-catholic or other christians um, would understand eucharistic miracles would you explain to us uh, jennifer what is a eucharistic miracle
2: well it comes really at the heart of knowing what what Catholics believe in communion and so Catholics believe in the transubstantiation so so when the priest blesses the bread and wine and it becomes truly the body and blood of Christ but if you google eucharistic miracles there's a whole host of information out there and this is the fun part of where science and theology meet because we scientists have been able to develop techniques to look at certain hosts, certain pieces of communion that have been transformed.
1: Well, When you say host, and let me explain it. It's, it's the Holy Communion that um, the participants at the Holy Mass receive. It's the bread that becomes the body of the Lord and uh, the wine that becomes the blood of the Lord. That's what you mean, correct? You may You may continue, please. Yes.
2: Yes, definitely. So um, there's a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, out there named Ron Tesoriero. He's in Australia, and he has a a few books and videos out there. Um, But it's all about these Eucharistic miracles. And the Eucharistic miracle of Buenos Aires happened in 1996 when a communion host appeared to have mysteriously transformed into flesh and blood. And so, one one of the things Ron did was he asked a doctor, Dr. Zugibe, Z-U-G-I-B-E. He was a New York heart specialist and a forensic pathologist, and he was also an associate professor and author of a, a textbook on pathology. And he was asked to go look at this piece of transformed. Eucharist into flesh and blood. And so he looked at it under a microscope and he says, and I'm quoting him, this is heart muscle from the left ventricle wall of the heart, not too far from a valvular area. He went on to say that this was part of the muscle of the heart that gives the heart its beat and the body its life.
1: So, so you're saying they took a piece of mm-hmm. the Holy Bread that after the Holy Mass was consecrated and became the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we receive in Holy Communion. And I know even in evangelicals and Protestants, they do actually believe in the Holy Bread. And I do, they share as well um, the, the body of the Lord, but not in the form of transubstantiation, which means that the actual element, even though remain in the bread, becomes the body of the Lord. You're saying you took it to a lab like that, doctors checked it out and they found out yes. it has a living tissue like a human muscle yes. of 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 a of a heart
2: so this forensic pathologist commented that the heart tissue was infiltrated with white blood cells from the presence of the white blood cells and the condition of the fibers of the heart tissue he was able to say yes. that that person from whom this tissue had come was alive at the moment the sample was taken And that that person had suffered severe heart injury, a compromising of the blood supply to the heart, a matter of of a few days beforehand. So do you know what that means? That means that this tissue is of the resurrected Christ. And he said that he had seen heart injury like that only in cases where a person had been severely beaten around the chest. So this this so the Eucharistic really was...
1: miracle not only has a sign of uh, uh, the flesh, basically, which our Lord spoke about. He said in the Gospel of John chapter 6, unless you right. eat my flesh and you drink my blood basically you cannot have life in you. So he is uh, it's the tissue of life. So you're not only saying it's a tissue that contains life in it, but you're saying it's a tissue that contains life and that suffered, basically. That tissue, right. that Eucharist suffered. It's it's a member, it's a body that suffered that was beaten up. Is that what you're saying?
2: Exactly. And it was live tissue too. That's what's so amazing. This this how could that be? You know, it it is miraculous. It is truly miraculous, and that's that's the fun part of using modern science now to investigate what, miracles because we have that capacity, and and in that way, I think we can pull people in, we can draw people in, and say, no, faith and science are not separate. If faith and science can work together. They can, um,
1: and the words and re- the words rejoined. of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Gospel of John chapter six, um, verses uh, thirty-five to forty, are actually truth. Are actually real when He says, um, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst." but um, basically you're saying and I believe and Christianity believe that the earliest celebration um, of of, um, Christians after the Lord ascended into heaven and even he himself celebrated it uh, when he turned the body and when he turned the bread into his body and when he turned the wine into his blood and many celebrations he himself also conducted with his own disciples after his resurrection so every time this is happening we are actually consuming the flesh of the lord as the bread of our life it's an argument for faith and you're saying science made some forensic research and there are supportive arguments that in these forensic researchers this piece of bread became a body of the Lord contains the flesh and it suffered the suffering of the Lord, yet it is still alive, which almost you're saying that piece of flesh contains not only the suffering, but because of it's still alive, it contains the truth of the Lord's resurrection as well. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yes. And and I'll take it even one step further. So there was a DNA analysis of the blood. And interestingly enough, that the DNA analysis came back with the mother's DNA. You know, with with the DNA helix, you get one strand from the mother, one strand from the father, all humans do. But with this DNA, there was only a strand from the mother, which
0: shows...
1: Praise be the Lord. Where, where do we I find don't... those? Where do we find those uh, studies? Do you mind? Do you have any reference by any chance? Feel free also oh, to goodness. email it to me. I'll I... be happy to say it next time to the people. You're saying this is the body of the Lord. It's um, it's alive. It suffered mm-hmm. pain, and it contains mm-hmm. the truth of his resurrection. And when you studied it scientifically speaking, doing medical forensic research, it has um, one. What do you call that? That only contains the one side of the mother. It does not contain the side of the father. Are we talking about the Right.
2: Exactly. Um, And and, that's a sign of his
1: divinity, basically, because he is a son of God. And he was conceived in Mary's womb without basically the intervention of a human being from the Holy Spirit
2: exactly exactly so and uh, i was able to get um some of this information off of just one website reason to believe.com.au because um mr tessoriero is in australia but um but you can look up Eucharistic miracles it, he's not the only one who has reported this um he he I, I have, I have another question
1: to ask you a little bit in relationship mm-hmm. to um, science and um, um, theology. And this has to do a little bit with, if you do not mind, with the um, psychology in somehow. It's in a field of psychology. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we mm-hmm. know the, the disciples of the Lord were traumatized, they themselves also suffered persecution. And mm-hmm. uh, the Lord ascended into heaven and they received the Holy Spirit. And we as a Christian community in the entire world live and desire the Lord Jesus Christ and um, basically um, endure what we endure from pain and suffering because we have faith, we have hope, and we have love for the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Are we traumatized the people as Christians, Jennifer? Are we traumatized the people?
2: Are we traumatizing people? Or Are we, we
1: traumatized? traumatized? Are we ourselves traumatized? How, how can we explain to the people this beautiful expression of the faith, celebrating the death of the Lord, the passion of the Lord, and the resurrection of the Lord? It, 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 what, what a tragic event that happened with Jesus Christ is now our right. celebration is now our source right. of joy and our victory in somehow. How can you reconcile this? And, and I know probably I put you on the spot asking such a deep question, <laughs> but I know, I know you're capable because you practice your faith. How can we, how were we able to turn this tragedy into joy?
2: Well, I think that anyone who has seen The Passion of the Christ walks away from that movie absolutely traumatized, like I was, but, but it shows the depth of Christ's suffering for us. And and in that way, we are redeemed. And I, I said to my children a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, because we have to suffer, because we are called to suffer, and we are called to offer it up to Him, and because we are redeemed by our suffering, it helps in so many ways knowing that Christ suffered too, that He suffered not just mildly, but he suffered major traumas, and death. he suffered to the point of death.
1: Correct. And but so his resurrection is what gives us that victory. That. We are healed because there is a healing in the Christian mm-hmm. suffering. That's why we celebrate the passion of the Lord, his death and resurrection, because we benefit yes. from the healing, what you're saying. Uh, you know, talking about this, you know, this is a mission of hope and mercy, and I want to thank you for um, approving for the second time to be our guest today and speak about Eucharistic miracles. For those who have joined us. Um, I wanted to welcome you and welcome uh, Jennifer Nolan, PhD, President and Co-Founder of Catholic Polytechnique University, Cognitive Scientist and Professor and we're talking about Eucharistic Miracles and the Suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ that was represented in this tissue, yet a sign of life and a sign of his divinity and humanity as well, all in this Eucharistic mm-hmm. Miracle. Um, we have with us as well uh, Susan Fox to give us a little bit of peace of, uh, on only awareness, what's going on around the world with the christian suffering i believe we're gonna go to nigeria with her susan good holy morning to you
0: good morning father god bless you
1: and um, what do we have what's happening around the world what's happening well, with the christians
0: the, the u.s state department recently listed nigeria among the worst countries for religious freedom putting it in the same category with china north korea and saudi arabia but nigeria is 50 percent catholic And in one year ending in 2020, the number of Christians murdered in Nigeria more than doubled from 1,350 to 3,500. Laity and religious are affected, but there's a serious surge in Catholic priests and bishops being kidnapped and sometimes killed. One of four kidnapped Nigerian seminarians was dumped by the side of the highway with serious injuries on January 18th. The other three are still missing. Bishop Moses Chikwe was kidnapped last November, but joyfully his diocese prayed and he was released 10 days later. Despite the persecution, Catholicism is growing rapidly in Nigeria. And I have a friend there who over Mercy Sunday weekend, Father Jude East, had to take a 10-hour drive through some very dangerous country from his parish in Lagos to offer for his grandmother's funeral. It was no mere red riding hood walk in the woods for him. Uh, He was passing through a territory run by the Fulani Muslim Yeah, the Fulani's,
1: yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Now, they're considered the fourth deadliest terror group in the world by the Global Terrorism Index. I saw pictures of them, and I thought their cattle was frightening, uh, big horns and everything. Uh, They are increasingly kidnapped priests for ransom. I organized um, several prayer groups to pray for his safe trip. And before he left, he wrote me, I trust that Jesus will go with me. Absolutely return
1: absolutely Susan. I, I want to thank you so much for this uh, awareness piece uh, Nigeria, Lebanon, the Middle East, uh, many places in the world. there is Christian suffering, Dr. Jennifer, there is Christian suffering yet not without hope, not without hope. There is Christian suffering intellectually in the mind of our younger people as well, and that 's why probably science and uh, faith are going in opposite direction it 's a sign of uh, do you believe that it's, there is a scientific oppression going on. If if science is not illumined by faith, I think science suffers oppression. It's almost like it's in darkness. In somehow, is that true, mm-hmm. Jennifer?
2: Well, the, there has to be academic freedom, and and I mean true academic freedom. That's and that's one of the reasons we're building Catholic polytechnic universities to provide academic freedom to to be able to su- pursue research in all fields and to find the truth in all fields but um, to to put it I want to put a hopeful spin on this because this is what your your or hopeful perspective on it because this is what your your the whole show actually show our mission of about, hope and mercy is, hope. is
1: about yes
2: so every time every time we do anything there's going to be some level of of suffering, right? You, you climb stairs, you, you get a benefit, it's hard. And then you also get the, the cardiac benefit of climbing stairs. Um, but the, I would say that the spiritual life is full of adventure. It's full of some suffering, there's going to be suffering no matter what, but it's what you do with that suffering that makes you even into either a saint or a sinner. So if you retreat because of suffering into alcohol or addictions or sugar or whatever, fill in the blank, then that's going to make you a sinner, right? Or or to someone prone to sin. If you take suffering and then you retreat to adoration or you retreat to prayer time or the Bible or mass, then that makes you a saint. So, Everyone's got to suffer. The question is what do you do with it
0: well, and Jennifer
2: you,
1: you treated mm-hmm. or you studied brain injury and 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 I do believe mm-hmm. uh, you weren't somehow specialized in brain strokes right yes. um, yeah. you know recovery recovery for for recovery, mm-hmm. rehabilitation as a matter of fact, you know if a human being gains all sciences in the world and then they are brain dead. What is mm-hmm. this about? What what, what 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 do what do they have? What is that legacy they leave behind them be beside their money? And then people fight for the money behind them. Many people die in loneliness. Right. Um, how right. how how can we and somehow bring this on the Sunday of the Ascension? Um, on Thursday of the Ascension of our Lord that we celebrate today on the Sunday. How can we make science hear the voice of the Lord? How can we make science hear? the voice of the Lord. If the Lord is today to speak to science, Jennifer, what would the Lord be telling science?
2: Mm. Well, I think that's a two-part question. First of all, how do we have uh, have science hear the voice of the Lord? That's, that's going to be through people. They, the people have to step forward, willing to do the research, willing to do the teaching that proclaims, Christ and proclaims the Lord in this on this earth, because without those people, who's going to how how is that voice ever going to be heard? So, it's important for us to to provide the professors who are willing to do the research and the teaching along these lines. That that's the only way this is ever going to happen. But. But they, they, they again, can't keep being
1: stubborn right it's not a virtue of science when somebody is a stubborn and it seems today the virtue of science is to be stubborn basically to say no 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 no, instead of being open right. to all the dimensions you know with you I want to pray right. by God's grace um, that he imposes his holy and mighty hand and send his Holy Spirit to free the people as they hear these waves of this radio program this morning with you that their brains will be open and that, op- that oppression leave their common sense because you're a scientist on of, of, about cognitive science, right? Cognitive, mm-hmm. cognitive, yeah. which is mm-hmm. there is a yeah. there is learning in it, and it is horrible. What an oppression! What an oppression, what an imprisonment. When people claim in science today, they do not want to hear. They just want to follow, basically. Mm -hmm. They do not want to search themselves. And I'm sure if they require the virtue of freedom for their common senses, I'm sure God will be talking to them somewhere in their brain. Is that true?
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. You always have to be open to, to hearing the voice of the Lord and and to hear the holy spirit i mean that's that's why i'm starting this university if anyone could have look, looked at me and said are you crazy you're starting a university but ultimately this is not my project, this is the Holy Spirit's project, this is the Holy Spirit he's the one who has brought project. me all these people who were who doing this with me. Right, to free the people
1: dwelling in the darkness of, the of, of right. uh, pseudo-science, I believe. I believe, I, I'm not sure yes. if I'm okay saying that or not, but I, I'm responsible. I'm thinking out loud. I would say science without God is a pseudo-science. Science with mm-hmm. God is a science that brings light to life. Is that true? Right. Oh,
2: Absolutely. Very well said, very well,
1: well said. I want to thank you, Jennifer, for uh, this uh, holy good Sunday morning. And uh, you're such a wonderful guest. And I will, we shall remain in touch. Yes. And I want to seek updates on your uh, Polytechnic University in California. And I know people can go to visit you at org, I believe. uh, CatholicPolyTechnique.org in the closing comments uh, Jennifer, uh, did you see our website MissionOfHopeAndMercy.org you saw a little bit, we're doing this campaign um, to Mm -hmm. save the persecuted Christians basically people are in famine in Lebanon in an unbelievable way, we just heard from Susan, the situation in um, Nigeria Nigeria Um, Mm -hmm. how can we move people's hearts how can we move people's hearts to stand in solidarity, to have values of compassions. Do you think at some point science blocked a little bit of the human sympathy, of the human compassion?
2: Oh, of course. It has that capacity, and it also has the capacity to open up and further human compassion and sympathy. It's, It's all in the way it's used.
1: So with you today we want to ask God to further through the use of science, uh, the use of compassion, sympathy and solidarity. Please stand with the persecuted Christians. Let us pray that today the Lord Almighty Father in heaven who is receiving and hugging his only son who after he finished his plan of salvation here on earth is now ascended into heaven and there is this beautiful trumpet blast in heaven as we await here on earth the coming of the Holy Spirit and as there is a huge celebration celebrating the return of the son and his full divinity and his full humanity in his body in his blood in his soul in his divinity in heaven let us pray with psalm 27 telling him oh lord hear my voice for i have called to you of you my heart has spoken seek his face hide not your face from me hallelujah may god bless you all and have a wonderful holy good sunday
0: Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to MissionOfHopeAndMercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to MissionOfHopeAndMercy.org and donate today and join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Andre.